Welcome to the first 2024 edition of the PFF Forecast. Uh, we're going to ring in the new year the right way. We're going to guess some lines. Um, we're going to talk about a uh, big time throw made by the Panthers last week. First one of the season. Big one. Um, 60 minutes on how to report correctly is eligible. Uh, and we'll break down every single component of the college football semis. Uh, if you know us, you know that's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. It'll be a great show and uh, should be a lot of fun. Let's rock. What's the closest you've ever come to uh, throwing a drink, Brad? I've never actually thrown a drink. Seems like fun, my, Brittany Mahomes style. Probably more my my taste than, than a David Tepper. You know, a little classier with a bottle of a bottle of bubbly. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I've gotten some fisticuffs. I'd be lying if I said I hadn't gotten in a bar fight or two. Uh, real quick anecdote: If you're the tallest guy in a bar, flex. People just want to fight you just because you mm-hmm. happen to be the tallest person in said bar. I'm not interested. I'm. I, you, you have. You know. You're impressing all the ladies. Good for you. Shout out you. Not. Not interested. I would say that throwing a drink is very different than fisticuffs for a lot of different reasons. Um, throwing a drink is like the. Uh, it's like the passive thing you do when you kind of want to pretend you're in the in the fight, but you're not actually willing, uh, willing to fight. Um, and the other thing that's a part of it is like. You meet anyone that throws something. Oh yeah, someone just commented this. This is exactly my point. Oh, anyone yeah. that you see throw something immediately vanishes from the screen, because like the reason you threw it in the first place is the reason that you vanish. I thought that was really funny. Anyways, um, let's talk uh, college football semis. We're recording this live, so if you're hanging out with us live, remember uh, the the printing press. We always appreciate you. Um, and uh, these games are kicking off in about an hour and a half for Michigan and Bama, and then Texas and the University of Washington um, is about, uh, what, eight, no, five and five and some change. Um, we're normally pretty NFL focused, um, would be lying if we obviously don't uh, pay attention to college football. We collect, um, you know, we grade every single player and every single play in college football as well. So if you go to PFF.com, you have a PFF Plus subscription, you'll get all of our analysis on that game and it is plentiful. Michigan, a one and a half point favorite in Pasadena against Alabama. Brad, I am a Michigan fan, if you could call me a fan of any college football team, Harbaugh fan as well. I'm kind of hedging emotionally. At the same time, I also just have seen Michigan in these games for so many times, and I've seen Nick Saban in these games so many times, and it is hard for me not to think that Bama Moneyline is the right play. I hear you 110%. I mean, we've seen, yeah, Michigan losing to TCU, obviously got, what, boat raced by Georgia a couple of years ago. I do feel like those teams weren't quite the same echelon of team. Like, they were bringing in hardball recruits. They were definitely, you know, back to being not a punching bag of Ohio State and a real team. But I think now it's like it's a roster full of all of these hard-nosed hardball guys. I get it. I'm an SEC truther, which is annoying as a Vanderbilt fan, but I'm the classic, like, you know, the SEC is better than everybody else because they are. Um, you know, and, and if, the, if the committee left out Alabama and Georgia, I wouldn't have recognized the CFP as legitimate. But, like, I, I do totally get the trepidation. I just don't think this Bama team is as talented as it has been in years past. And that's not just a Milrow comment because I think Milrow has been 
really playing well the last six, eight weeks, especially for mm-hmm. college ball. Like, forget prospect-wise because he's not yeah. there yet. But for college football, he's been perfect. But, like, Isaiah Bond is fun. And it was, like, Jason McClellan's fun. They have a lot of, like, decent pieces. They just don't have, like, true difference-making players. And then at defense, they do. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think Bama's become such a sexy and hot pick. Everyone's forgetting. It took a fourth and 31 uh, against a bad Auburn team. Shout out Zach Tantillo, a very bad Auburn team. Uh, to to even get in this position, so I'll, I'll roll with the uh, with blue. Can I just say that I was watching College Game Day this morning, and I think that show is generally a very good show. Um, Reese Davis is as good as it gets. This the the segment of him talking about Jason Milrow having L A N K on his Blank. tatted somewhere link, and him saying let a naysayer know was what it stood for while Pat McAfee, Joey Galloway, um, and Desmond Howard lost their shit was one of the funniest things I've seen on that show. Absolutely incredible. Um, so if you look at the lineups here, I, I think what you called out is the, is the key point here. I don't think either offense is very good. Um, I'm very interested to see. I, I, I do think that the, the opportunity for Michigan to win this game is going to come over the middle of the field, and it really comes down to can – um, can can the tight end win, right? Like I think AJ Barner's been pretty good this year. He was good in that in that uh, games at Ohio State. They can't. I don't think they're gonna be able to win on the outside. Um, whether they're able to win in the run game, I think will be interesting. At the end of the day, I think one of these quarterbacks gonna have to make some plays in order to win the game. I'm a JJ McCarthy fan, but it worries me a little bit. And then if you look on the other side of the ball, like Michigan defense has been really good. I agree with you on the the weapons for um, for Alabama. It has me thinking like maybe playing a live uh, under if like the script works for either team um, is one play that I do like. I actually don't hate under 45 and a half, even though I know that's going to be unpopular um, is my initial take. Um, no, I like I like that call a lot. I mean, Terry and Arnold is emerging as like a potential first rounder now at corner. And obviously Kool-Aid McKinstry has been in that bucket for mm-hmm. a long time now. And then Michigan has defensive backs that are in that echelon as well. Sanders still is a slot, so he won't go as early, but a very, very good slot corner. And I'm blanking now on the outside corner. Dave Sofar would be pissed at me, but he, he's probably going to be a first rounder in 2025. So I don't think the passing games are going to work really for either team here. Um, yeah, I think honestly QB scrambling. So I like yeah. the under – and also, if I was like looking at props, QB rushing yards for either guy, uh, I think would be an interesting way to play this. I think they're gonna, they're not going to see guys open, and they're just going to take off, probably start bailing out of clean pockets. Particularly McCarthy, I think, with um, you know Dallas Turner, and again, I'm blanking. That's why we're an NFL show. They have a good second edge rusher as well. Like I, I think that's maybe the way I would play it is QB rushing yards, and yeah, I don't hate a live under at all. Yeah, actually, this is an interesting thing to uh, to look up here because rushing yards include sack yardage. In um, in college football, I did see Milrow with a thirty-two and a half uh, rushing yardage prop earlier today. I do not know if that is still um, out there. I'm trying to see where this would potentially be here. Pressure to sack rate um, of thirty <laughs> percent. Yeah, I knew it was going to be high <laughs> for Jalen Milrow is insanity. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's a little tricky. Um, and if we look at uh, his rushing here, so I believe, yeah, so like this is tough because these are rushing yards without, we don't count sack yard. We're not insane here. We, we think of rushing yards as not including sack yardage. Um, 
Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think that's really interesting, uh, thinking about the um, the Arch props. All right, let's get to um, the uh, the second game here, which is Texas and the University of Washington. Texas, a four-point favorite. Um, this obviously in New Orleans, so a little we'd expect a decent amount of um, of burnt orange, especially given the last time that they were in a game this meaningful was quite a long time ago. Brad, raise your head out here. Yeah, so this one here, I think it's a very fascinating conversation, frankly, of it ties into the whole playoff and all that and and, and ranking teams and power ranking teams. And I do agree. Like, I, look, I want the best teams. I, I do think there should be an element of that, no question about it. And this isn't a Florida State commentary. Like, they shouldn't have been there. But the Washington conversation to me has been fascinating because the fact they were catching 10.5 points against Oregon I thought was kind of insane. And I get that the underlying metrics would probably suggest – that Oregon was playing much better football. They were blowing opponents out. Washington was kind of skating by, beating some mediocre opponents by maybe two scores instead of five. They didn't have Jalen McMillan for most of those games, not all, who is a, I think, top 100 pick receiver. Um, you dropped him in with Romeo Dunze, who's a top 15 pick receiver. Um, Jalen Polk could be a top 100 pick receiver. I, I think Braylon Trice could be a top 50 pick edge rusher. The point I'm making is go on and on and on and on. Like, they have so much blue chip NFL talent across this roster. And, and I think uh, both tackles, I like t- Troy Fatani, left tackle might be a first rounder. And I think it's Ryan Rosengarten, whatever it is at right tackle could be, I don't know if he's eligible, but he's a stud. So it's like, I get that. And, and you probably could do this exercise for a lot of different teams, but I just felt like they were coasting more than they weren't good. And if you just look at the talent of the players on the roster, uh, I mean, like I pat myself on the back, I, I took Washington money line against Oregon. And I was like, why is this what it is? Um, and they, I mean, they won handily. So anyway, Texas is good, probably better in the trenches, elite defensive line, particularly on the interior, but some young studs on the edge too. I just trust Phoenix more than Quinn Ewers. And it's kind of, it kind of just comes down to that for me. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think there's going to be some late, uh, heroics from somebody. Mm-hmm. Take the four and a half. I took money line again, four and a half by the better bet here, but I, I like Washington. I'm, I'm with you. This is. This is a very simple. We talk about this all the time. The better quarterback is getting points in this game. Um, Michael Penix, grade of 90.9. Quinn Ewers, grade of 78.2. Um, significant difference in, in turnover-worthy play rate. I think that's going to matter um, in this game. Uh, Penix has been awesome. Um, I do think that Texas has, you know, like I think this is interesting compared to the, the other game because there's some legit wide receiver talent in this game. Um, which is not the case in the other game. Like Worthy and Mitchell, both good on the outside. Um, I like Washington's corners better um, as well. So, uh, yeah, I I, I don't want to say that Texas is a bit overrated here, but I think relative to the way Washington is rated, they are being overrated. Uh, I think we're giving them a little bit too much credit for home field as well. Um, I don't think it's going to be quite as dominant a Texas crowd i think washington fans will show up they have a it's a big school they have a lot of fans um that part of the country is an underrated sports uh part of the country um i think they will show up um so uh, and i also will say this like the texas fans that are going to show up i am not sure are going to be the loudest uh, of types of fans like if that makes sense right it's going to be a pretty expensive ticket um so i i'm underplaying that a little bit i like washington money line um, and I would also look potentially, I think bo- betting both of these games live is really interesting to me. So I'll be looking for, you know, if uh, I don't, I'm sure Arjun could look at numbers here, but like I would expect Sark to come out with a good script. 
uh, and I would expect Texas to score. And if Texas scores early, I will jump on Washington money line. I was I was going to say the exact same thing. I think part of the spread, honestly, is there, there's this pricing of Sark is a wizard, probably going to have some great plays and and you know some magic against the defense that has struggled at times for sure. Um, and I, and it's probably true, but I, I agree the same way. Like Washington being down two touchdowns in the first half is meaningless. <laughs> like like it really is. So I think that is the way to play that one too. No, I, I, I totally agree. Um, I'm excited for both these games. Should be fun. Let's get to uh, a sport that we know a little bit better, uh, which is NFL football. So here's what we're going to do. Um, because not every game matters, we are only going to um, guess uh, the lines on games that that uh, do matter, at least in some way, shape, or form. Um, and so uh, that's going to leave us with a decent number of games, uh, but I think it will be good. Let me go ahead and get um, this screen up here. And uh, we can take a look and get going. There's two Saturday games. Um, first Saturday game uh, is Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Um, that game, let me get this on the screen here. That game does not matter um, because uh, thankfully uh, Baltimore has clinched and Pittsburgh uh, stinks. Um, Houston Indy does matter. That is the Saturday night game. I was very worried that that would be the Sunday night game. It is not. We've had way too many. Um, Houston Indy, Jackson Indy, Tennessee Indy games and Sunday night. Uh, and thankfully that is not the case anymore. So Houston Indy uh, up first. Brad, would you make this? I had, because Colts never get any respect, I went pick them here. Yeah, so I had um, I had the Colts minus one. Um, I think they deserve um, a little bit of love here, and I don't think there's a ton of home field. Um, it is... One and a half at FanDuel, one basically everywhere else. Uh, juiced a little bit at FanDuel, we'll call it uh, minus one. Um, you know, it's very, very interesting because C.J. Stroud's certainly the better quarterback here. I actually thought he looked pretty good yesterday. Um, I would lean, honestly, here betting Houston, but I just can't bring myself to do it because I have so much respect for what Shane Steichen has done. But better quarterback, C.J. Stroud here by a country mile. He is, and I just hate the Colts secondary so much. Kenny Moore is supposed to be back in this game, which is meaningful. He'll get some Robert Woods. He makes plays in the run game too, and, and our guy PFF Bobby does like to run the ball. The Colts, Texans defense has been playing better though too, although Jonathan Grenard and not, potentially not playing is pretty massive. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, they were dominant yesterday. I'm going to do it. I, I agree with you. The home field doesn't mean a lot to me. Like, yeah, Colts fans are decent, but I, I don't think it means a whole lot. Probably dumb, but I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to ride the uh, the Houston Texans here. Yeah, I'll join you. I mean, this is basically a playoff game. In playoff yeah. games, the better quarterback is just such an important um, important piece. And I think this game likely comes down to the fourth quarter and quarterbacks having to make plays. C.J. Stroud has been so good in that regard. I mean, so good in that regard. I am a little worried about, you know, if he had Tank Dell in this game, that'd be huge. Um, but I do think, you know, I, I do think given what you saw with like De what Devontae Adams did uh, this week um, against Indy, um, you know, I would expect them to have some success. Tampa Bay, Carolina, the um, this matters for the Bucs. Uh, they win this game um, and they can uh, clinch a playoff spot. And this matters for Carolina. Uh, because if they can avoid more humiliation, that would be good for them. Uh, Brad, what did you make this? 
Yeah, no draft pick implications. Uh, I went uh, Bucks minus six. I want yeah. to full touch now, but yeah, I have the Bucks by seven. And <clears throat> my look, that was really bad from Bryce Young. I think he was banged up in that game um, this past week. We'd seen some signs. I am, and and by the way, Tampa looked horrible. Um, in their game against New Orleans, but they've kind of always had a problem with New Orleans. Um, This is going to be bad for Carolina. I I am very curious how the organization reacts to what happened with Tepper and that whole thing. They're going to be cleaning house. Uh, This is a wheels are coming off for me for, for Carolina. Um, I'm seeing five and a half across the board here. My thought is, and I put it in my spread, you mentioned Bryce Young got dinged up. He did come back, but he was on the turf. I mean, I put it in the message, and I was obviously wrong. I was trying to watch 10 different games. I was like, boys, Bryce Young is out. Like, Dalton's about to come play, and I was I was dead wrong. But it didn't look good. Like, he was down for a while. I think it was his back. You already – like, there's no more humiliation of, like, you know, you give Bears number one pick that's already set in stone. I don't know. Like, I could – maybe the Dalton does play. I think Brian Burns also got – it's like there's so many question marks there. Um, but I'm just afraid of – like, we talked about a pre-show – Andy Dalton in a let's play spoiler and just ruin the buck season in our division type of game. It does concern me a little bit. Like there's just, there's just, but at the same time, the bucks could also win by 40 and I, I wouldn't be remotely surprised. Yeah. Um, you want to pull really the trigger. I know you do. Really <laughs> yeah. want to pull the trigger. Um, I, I honestly was worried. Like Dalton comes, I was on the Panthers yesterday and I was praying that Andy Dalton came in the game. Yeah. Um, I could see them playing Dalton if like Young is hurt at all, because they're like, "What's the point in you know having this guy go out there and just get trounced in this game?" I'll lay there's off. No, there's no That's- upside. Like, yeah, 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 absolutely none. That is a uh, dumpster fire of a uh, of a situation right now. Um, <laughs> uh, Jags and Titans. The Jags need to win this game. Um, and if they do, they clinch the uh, AFC South. Is that correct? That is correct. They're winning in. They have head-to-heads over both of their divisional opponents um, that are obviously playing each other. So I, I think it's going to be Trevor, but I kind of hedged this. I went five and a half. I, I assume it's going to be Trevor, but I'm not really sure. It has to be. That has to be the reason they didn't play him against Carolina, in my opinion, um, yeah. is saving up for this game. And I think it was really a smart move by, by Doug Peterson and them. Um, it also just, I don't think Will Levis will play in this game. So I, I, um, yeah, had it not, uh, without him. Um, I, I went Jacksonville by six and a half. Um, I couldn't make it a full seven. I, this scares me a little bit. Mike Vrabel, um, is, uh, is a guy I don't love betting against. Um, I'm seeing four, four and a half. Okay. That makes sense. Um, it seems like there's a little bit of a hedge out there as well. I just think this is like the last ride for Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, maybe even mm. Mike Vrabel. Like there's just – and it's a spoiler of all spoilers in the division again. The Jags defense like played their played defense for the first time in two months, uh, but it was Carolina, so did they really? Uh, I mean, DJ Chark probably dropped 100 yards in a touchdown in that game. And Young was terrible, but like Chark also dropped three – anyway – I think Tennessee's going to win this game outright. I don't know if I'm going to bet it, but I really do. <laughs> I mean, if you think they're going to win outright, then you should bet plus four and a half. I know. Um, I, I'm going to stay away. I, I respect the, the market here. I think I was way too high. 
Uh, yeah, the now. one reason I won't is because the Jags' run defense has maintained the whole way, and they are going to spam Derrick Henry. He'll probably have 30 carries, but it might be 30 for 40, so I'll, I'll stay away. All right, next couple of games don't matter. We'll go to New Orleans, Atlanta, New Orleans. This game does matter. Um, actually, quite a bit for both teams, um, right? Or is it only for New Orleans? You know, if the if the winner, it's the winner, and then the Bucks lose, uh, and, right. and the winner is in. Yeah, Argus, Saints. No, nah, it might just be Saints now because the Falcons lost again. Because they're eight and eight, the Bucks yeah. are eight and eight. So yeah, because I think Bucks would if let's say the Falcons win and the Bucks lose, I think the Bucks still get in. That's right. Anyway. Um, would you make this? I went by uh, Saints by three. I have the Saints by three and a half point. Um, are we here? Um, impressed by the Saints actually of late, and on the opposite side of that for Atlanta. Uh, let's see what is it here. Um, three and a half, three and a half across the board. Pulling the trigger on this. Yeah, I mean Atlanta's a joke. Like they're they're so funny. The Bears game, we we all were all over Chicago going to that game. It was the easiest bet on the on the board uh, besides our Broncos. But like I, I honestly think if Arthur Smith gets blown out by the biggest rival, he's fine. Like I, I think it's possible. I really, really do. And I'm not going to bet on Atlanta just because I think a coach trying to save his job. But I also have been impressed by the Saints. The offense has looked better. Um, you know. Rashid back, Alave back, all those guys, and Carr actually has been passable. I don't know that you lose Ryan Ramchick for the year. The secondary hasn't been as as good. I'm going to stay away, but um, yeah, the, the Saints could win by 30, and I can see Atlanta pulling out a, a nail biter upset. So yeah, I'm staying away as well, just for all of those different reasons that you mentioned. All right, Philly and the New York Football Giants. So. This one's interesting. Obviously, this matters for Philly. Um, uh, here at Matt, the Dallas game also matters um, because those two teams, if one loses and the other wins, then uh, they get the two seed. For New York, it's interesting because theoretically this matters in the sense that they should be trying to lose this game. Um, I don't think they try and do that. I'm assuming you don't either. No. You're saying, well, you're saying Philly could just, just not play anyone? No, no, no. I'm saying New York should be trying to lose. They should be trying to lose for sure. Uh, they they gain nothing from winning, and they honestly get themselves in like either Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, or a quarterback. Uh, you know, they're five right now. I want to say, and a lose a loss would solidify that. The the tough part here though is just like Philly. We're talking about full game spreads. If Philly looks up, they're going to lock them at halftime, and Dallas is up forty on the Commanders. They're just going to mail it in, right? Um, so. That's the tough part for me anyway. I made it Eagles minus six and a half. I was going to do a full touchdown, but I, I didn't like I don't really know how to, you know. Yeah. 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 I went four and a half. And the reason I did was exactly that, which is um, Philly doesn't totally control their own destiny here. Um, and so if Dallas is winning that game against Washington, I think especially given where Jalen Hurts has been this year. Um, it would be wise not to put him in harm's way, which means not running him, you know, not doing any of this tush push stuff, like would be my thought. Um, so as I made it, it looks like it's five and a half across the board. Um, I don't really have anything at five and a half. I do think New York full game is interesting just because of the Dallas component and the fact that I think they are legitimately going to try and play to win this game. Um, whereas, uh, you can't say that for some other teams. 
I also this this was facetious early in the year. Like Tyrod is the best quarterback on the Giants roster. That's a fact. Like that is like, yeah. I mean, the ball he threw to uh, Darius Slayton was the best throw the Giants have had this season, uh, and he was good in that game. Like he was spreading it around. Um, you know, Darren Waller, our guy, fantasy legend, twenty twenty three fantasy tight end of the year. Darren Waller was out there making plays. Um, yeah, no, I, or you maybe do a lot. You, you play a live angle of you're monitoring both games. Let's say Giants are down a score. Um, but Dallas is up a bunch, and maybe you take a live Giants line. Because, yeah, they are going to try to play to win. They're not going to, you know, as much as they should lose, they're, they're not going to. Um, so, yeah, I got nothing because it's just hard to kind of gauge. Dallas and Washington. So Dallas controls its own destiny. Uh, they win this game. They're in the two seed. Um, and uh, that obviously would be big. You play a home game. I don't need to tell anyone that. Um, Washington, I thought, played spirited football, if you can call it that. Um against the the Niners they lost they didn't cover um but they they tried I think for a decent portion of that game um I don't know if this will be Howell or Brissett I don't know if it necessarily matters um Brad would you make this I went 14 here yeah I mean I think you can make that uh that case certainly I couldn't get all the way um to 14 I went 13 and a half um kind of because of that the spunkiness that I saw uh, out of them um it looks like it's 13 and a half across the board. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, this is interesting to me because uh, Dallas has not been, I mean, what is this line if Dallas loses the game to Detroit, which they probably should have? I think still just like 12 and a half or 13 instead of 13 and a half, I suppose. You think it materially changes it? Because they still would have lost by a point on a you know two-point conversion. So Washington should try and lose this game. This is Ron Rivera's swan song. I don't think anyone expects him to be back there. I think he's a guy that can, you know, can rally troops to a certain extent. I don't know if they give Howell another shot here, but whether it's Howell or Brissett, they're playing for their NFL career. Um, I am very tempted to take Washington. Um, Dallas has won two games or won, won a game that they really shouldn't have. I mean, that was a, you know, so they're going to get kind of pumped up for having won that game where I, I don't, I'm not sure they deserve to. The, the, the tough thing here is that CeeDee Lamb could have a 1,000 yards in this game. Here's a dumb narrative. I'll start with a real narrative and then go to a dumb one. It's kind of public knowledge at this point, so I'm not breaking any news. Like, Mike McCarthy is still, I know it sounds crazy, Mike McCarthy is still coaching for his job. He needs to win a playoff game is kind of the sentiment that everyone says. If you talk to people around the league, that's what needs to happen for him to be, like, secure. And then also, they start, remember last year, they started their starters in this game, even though Philly had already locked up the division. And Dallas, I think, maybe could have, like, no, because they were still still the five seed and went to Tampa. So I don't even know what the point was. They started their starters, and Sam Howell started his first game of his NFL career, and they got their ass kicked. The Cowboys did. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember that. So yeah. I'm not going to go full game. I'm going to go first half. It Actually, it's up now, which is a, a surprise for us doing the show. It's minus 7.5, but I get plus 102 on that. Um, I'm going to take Dallas first half. I, I hear you. The, like the, the commanders are going to play the Rivera Swan song. The, everyone's playing for their jobs. All that. I get it. I'm not sure the organization wants to win games. I, we were talking pre-show again. I think they've basically been tanking. I don't think they've given a directive to lose games, but you know, obviously you trade away your edge rushers. You, you just are bad. You fire a defensive coordinator and make Rivera have to call plays all these things. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go Dallas minus seven and a half plus one Oh two for the first half. Yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good call. Um, yeah, I'm gonna stay away. 
Uh, I'm tempted by Washington, but I've bet them too many times. All right, looking forward to this game, Chicago-Green Bay. So this is the same spot that Green Bay was in last year with Aaron Rodgers, except they were playing the Lions last year. That was the Sunday night game. I remember people losing their shit because it didn't matter for Detroit. I was like, trust me, it matters for Detroit. Uh, They came in, played their asses off, won that game, sent Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, um, and the rest is uh, torn Achilles history. This game, very similar, nothing to play for for the Bears, um, except for a potential draft slot. However, they're already locked into the number one overall pick, so don't think that matters nearly as much but they can keep the Packers out of the playoffs uh, with a win. Did I get that right? You got that right. I said it last year. I'm saying the exact same thing again. I like Chicago more because they have nothing to play for, just like I did Detroit last year. Uh, and, they, and they do. Look, like the owner legitimately watches two games more closely than the rest of them. And like guys are getting extensions. Coaches are getting extensions based on two outcomes. Like the owner literally is just like, how do we do against the Packers? I'll just make all my decisions based off those two games. Whether they're thirteen and three or eight and eight doesn't matter. So, but anyway, to the football itself, the Packers looked great last night against Minnesota. I think to a degree, the whole blitz or drop eight defense for Flores has kind of been figured out at this point. Which honestly, you know, tip of the cap to him. It lasted way longer than it probably should have, Uh, and I think he probably got more out of his talent than any coordinator in football. But like Jordan Love has been good against the blitz all year, and, and he wasn't good in that first Vikings game. I think they figured it out. So. I think Christian Watson probably comes back for this game. I think you have Zach Tom at right tackle against Montez Sweat, who has been a revelation for the Bears, but it's a solid matchup for Green Bay. But I still think Sweat will give him some issues. I think Chicago is going to play with their head on fire. I'm not going to take money line. I saw the joke earlier, but I will take Bears plus three because it's also like not having anything to play for means you just play loose. You just play football. You're not like tense and thinking about the playoffs and all that too. And for Green Bay, this roster is literally 23 years old at like every position. So like every every guy is thinking how massive this game is. Um, crazy where they've come from week one. I mean, for the first three weeks of the season, the Bears look like the worst team in the NFL. The Packers look like a juggernaut. Uh, and now I think, honestly, you can make a case the Bears are maybe a better team. Um, probably not, but you can make the argument. Anyway, I'm going to go Bears plus three. Okay, I made this. Uh, I'd say oh. that the line should be two and a half. I said it three is, also. Sorry. Yeah, it is three. Um, I will. I'm going with you here. I agree. the The Bears are um, very interesting team. Like Fields looked amazing in that game. Um, DJ Moore has been cooking people, and the Packers. I know they did a good job against uh, Justin Jefferson last night. I think maybe we're overreacting to the fact that Jaron Hall played quarterback in that game. Um, And I don't think Minnesota, I don't think Minnesota tried very hard to win that game. And I don't think they should have, right. They have a very interesting, they're on to the off season at this point, right. They have a very big decision to make with Kirk cousins. Uh, You know, O'Connell is safe in his role there. Um, They showed Quezzy on the screen at one point. He probably wasn't even thinking, he probably didn't, you know, wasn't thinking about anything to do with that game. Was just thinking about, you know, what are we going to do with Kirk? Um, what are we going to do? You know, the better draft pick we can get, obviously, the better. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Chicago here. Their defense has played well, too. Um, yeah, I'm not, like, totally sold on Jordan Love quite yet. Um, yeah. I also think the fact that they were in this situation last year hurts them a little bit. He's good when kept clean, and this bear, he's not going to be kept clean against this Bears defense. And I'm not overreacting to – it's funny. Like, have they played a bunch of bad teams to beat them? Yes, but 
we can't like look at every game. I mean, they've legitimately obliterated like bad teams, which are like still is meaningful. Like, they're not winning one score games against bad teams. Like they're blowing these teams out. Um, and it's it's evident. Like the talent disparity in a lot of these games is evident, particularly on that side of the ball. So there has been some kind of crazy turnover stuff too. I tweeted yesterday, George, they have 16 picks for the last six games, which is nuts. Yeah. yeah. And I think like a bunch of fumbles too. Um, but it's but it's because of a ton of pressure. Javon Dexter's coming on strong uh, on the interior, like you're just getting good play from young players. So, anyway, yeah, no, I just, I, I just think it's a good matchup for them. Uh, and someone mentioned our guy Joe Barry, uh, legacy game for our guy Joe Barry. Um, but yeah, no, I, I also the Jefferson points good. Like DJ Moore, we know Jair doesn't travel. Jair is gonna be back for the game, but no one wants to be in Green Bay, Wisconsin, less than Jair Alexander. Um, so that means nothing to me really. Um, so yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's uh, it, you think Joe Barry's gonna string together two good defensive performances in a row impossible like did he did, did he string one together that's the thing <laughs> yeah i mean that's the point right like yeah yeah there's there's no shot now all right uh seattle and arizona this matters um seattle uh needs to win after losing to pittsburgh in impressive tomlin-esque fashion arizona should be trying to lose this game however as we saw last week it is clear they are not trying to lose. I actually thought Kyler Murray looked good in that game uh, against the Eagles, that he has no one at receiver. I mean, no one at receiver um, and is still making some plays, ran a little bit. I think they've been trying to keep him out of the design run game a lot this year on purpose to keep him healthy. And so I don't think you've seen as much from him as, as you might be able to see in future years with an actual um, you know set of supporting casts around him so i would expect both teams to try and play here what did you make this yeah i agree um i went a full field goal so cardinals plus three yeah i, I think that's where you have to go um that's what i made it as well uh i am interested so it is three exactly yeah. very interested to see this game like I, I think that you know this is the last moment that that kyler has to basically put his name out there and so does he all of a sudden start running around? You know, do they run a little bit more? Um, I think will be pretty interesting. Um, they put Hollywood Brown on IR, so he won't be playing in this game. Um, the, the Seahawks defense um, looked really rough against Pittsburgh. Uh, that would be an understatement. And the run game for the Cardinals is legit. I mean, they ran all over the Philadelphia Eagles. So if you don't think they can't do that to the Seahawks, and they did it to the Eagles, who like, actually have a good team and, and should have been playing to win um you know what will they do to to the seahawks in this game i think it's a legit advantage for arizona in this game totally agree their defense is a joke um in both facets against the run and through the air they're just not good i mean they made this rudolph look like an nfl quarterback uh yeah james connor too like quietly had an awesome year uh, i think the, the gravity of kyler i saw in the philly game in particular i thought Kyler, without running a lot, still has that gravity yeah. to him. And I think you saw respect. They were kind of like – they were dropping Hassan Reddick a lot and like kind of doing different things to account for Kyler taking off. And he didn't really do it all at all – a couple times. But but anyway, so that still matters. Um, however, I did love the matchup for Pittsburgh in that game. You have elite edge rushers against a, a you know tackle duo that's been struggling all year for Seattle, um, which, you know, Geno was under siege the entire game. Um, and, and then you have – you know, Deontay and George Pickens that can pick on 
some some corners that have struck. I mean, like Tariq Woolen is is kind of the new like Trevon Diggs. He's either, either getting an interception or getting burned for an eighty yard touchdown. Um, and then Devin Witherspoon, I think, didn't play, but he's kind of he's fun in the line of scrimmage. He really is not good in coverage right now. Um, when teams go after him, so but like like you said, like who's going to do it? Michael Wilson, the rookie for Arizona, is going to be like doing it. Like so, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm obviously coaching my season win total. If anyone knows, I have Seattle over eight and a half is my biggest future of the year. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I'm going to double down on it and also take the Seahawks in this game. Um, but yeah, there, there are some issues presented here. I just I like this matchup a lot more for Seattle than I did the Pittsburgh game. No, I agree. Um, and uh, where I think there are some coaches that may struggle in this situation, I actually have a lot of faith in in Pete Carroll. Um, I, I like the you know I think Geno as well. Um, they have a big advantage at receiver. Um, now I know that, that like Devonte and AJ Brown didn't make the most of that, but there were some drops in that game. Um, Devante got injured in that game. Um, so I'm not going to like over, uh, overread what happened there in, in Philadelphia. Um, I'm going to join you here. I, I think this is, uh, but you're, you're buying Seattle at the very bottom and, and yeah. fading uh, Arizona at the extreme top of the market. Um, by the way, the, the grab that James Conner made was insane. It was, yeah, one, it's the one-hander, yeah. Uh, it was absolutely nuts. Also, uh, just importantly, real quick, this is the same time as, we should mention, same time as the Packers game, and it probably doesn't matter because I think Pete Carroll, like even if they're eliminated, let's say they go into the halftime and Green Bay's up 30 on Chicago, I don't think that really matters, but anyway. By the way, this is a good point that someone brings up. Everyone thought Gannon was going to be the first, thing, uh, first firing. Uh, we talked about this at the beginning of the season. Everyone made fun of Sirianni in his first press conference. Um, everyone made fun of Jonathan Gannon in the, the Rondale Moore video and, and the other, um, you know, what what did you drive here in or whatever that video was uh, at the beginning. Um, and like, it is very clear that 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 he knows what he's doing to a certain extent. I mean, they're they're like playing, you know, decent football. They have no talent on that team. But also, no. the onside kick yesterday was sharp as fuck. Like, yes. I, like I, I, team should have been doing that for. That's a conversation I think we haven't gotten into yet. That is probably like years down the line. But like, I always feel that way. Um, it's kind of tied to fourth down decision making to a degree. But yeah, that was extremely sharp, and it played out exactly as they needed it to. Yeah, no, Gannon and Petzing are the goods. I, I think Arizona's had. I couldn't be more encouraged by a first year for a regime. Um, you know, expectations kick in next year. But anyway. And it all makes sense. Like the Eagles have taken a huge step back offensively and defensively, and they lost their two coordinators. And their two coordinators are playing well above expectation. Like, right, right. This is not. This is a very simple, um, I think, formula to to, to look at. Um, but yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see whether that regime can overcome what has systemically been a really poorly run organization. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, I have a lot. I, I think we talked about this preseason. I think Austin Fort has a real chance to be a great GM. Um, the Cardinals the um, and the, the Vikings, I'm looking forward to talking on this podcast more about what they do going forward because it's going to be really sure. interesting. Both have like legit options bringing quarterback back. Both have legit options going after somebody. Um, they could be trade partners potentially. Like I think yeah, it's, they could. Oh, they definitely could. Very interesting. And then, of course, the Falcons will just sit there and do something really stupid. So <laughs> in this group. Okay. Uh, the Sunday night football game that we all um, deserve. Finally, we get Buffalo in Miami for the AFC East. The winner will have the two seed 
the loser will drop, I believe, to the six. I don't think they can drop all the way to the seven. Um, so that means the loser will go to Kansas City. Um, the winner uh, will um, will get uh, who's in the seven there. Um, AFC. Uh, so Cleveland anyways, to five. It, it, it could be it could be Houston, could be Indy, um, Pittsburgh. I guess. Yeah, it could, could be Pittsburgh. Like so. Anyways, this is going to be um, a huge game because not only does the loser not get to play that home game. They have to go to Arrowhead. So a massive, massive game here. What would you make this spread? Yeah, might be disrespectful. Uh, I went Miami plus two and a half. Holy shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, let me be clear. I don't think that um, – I do think Buffalo is the better team. The loss of Bradley Chubb was big in that game. Um, I made it a pickup. And the bit, one of the big reasons I made it a pick them here is this game is being played in Miami. Miami, to me, is a totally different team at home than they are on the road. Um, I, I, I'm also not going to overly coach my bet here. I don't think that Buffalo, to Judah's point, has made the smartest decisions offensively. Um, Stephon Diggs has not really gotten it together. I think this is a bad matchup in the sense that, that Miami can defend digs a little bit whereas i don't think there's anyone that can defend tyreek hill i think jalen waddle comes back in this game a chan is a legit weapon um and i'm not going to overreact to bradley chubb anyways i'm pretty confident buffalo is going to be a favorite here uh buffalo is a three-point favorite in this game full three that see that shocks me i thought i was being kind of cheeky to be honest I yesterday I when I first saw this I said Miami should be a one and a half point favorite like I think these are e- even teams and Miami has a as a home field advantage uh, in this game. Um, now you might argue like tons of Buffalo fans will come to this game. I love Buffalo. I think that they're the second best team in the AFC. I think this is very disrespectful, um, and I am I'm going to take Miami. I just think three points is is too many it should not get to three on either side in my opinion so i agree and i'm going to join you i will say I, where we differ i don't know if jalen waddle plays in this game oh really um yeah it's a high ankle sprain and there was one quote from i forget who it was it was kind of a slip where he was like yeah he'll be back for the playoffs and then they kind of caught themselves and were like oh or you could play next week like i don't even know it was mcdaniel i think it may have been a player i i, I saw yeah actually in rap sheet tweeted it out Per rap sheet, Dolphins wide receiver Jalen Waddle, high ankle sprain, is expected back for the playoffs. So, like, to me, you know, that language is very intentional. And mm-hmm. I think that does matter. I think it is, like, where we differ on, like, you know, point and a half between yeah. zero and three, like, that's what Jalen Waddle's worth. Um, that's big to me. That's big to me because, like, I think they can bracket Tyreek. And, I mean, he's going to – Tyreek's going to have a lot of, of production. But that, that – I don't know. That changes it from. I'm still gonna uh, full three. I think even without Jalen Waddle, I think I still do like the full three. Um, but but yeah, I, I do too. Um, now look, they are Miami. Xavier Howard went out in that game. They've lost yeah. their two best edge rushers. Um, this is going to have to be a very gutsy performance from that defense. But I also like the spot here. So you're coming home. Um, you just got embarrassed. The Ravens just put 56 on you. Um, meanwhile, Buffalo won rather convincingly, but was 
I'm not sure because they played super well and more because Bailey Zappi, you know, had an aneurysm on the field a few times. Um, so, yeah, I just – and they won by six. They won by six points. Billy Zappi had three picks in the first quarter. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, it was kind of convincing. I guess at the end they were able to make it close. Um, but it's a good point. I mean, they didn't cover that game. That game got out to fourteen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I was on the Patriots even at a lower number, um, and felt good about it just kind of for that reason. And then of course Zappi starts throwing interceptions. Like, oh shit. Um, yeah. Here's the thing. Miami is offensively they're, they what they can do with their motion at home versus on the road is so different. And um, I just think that that's the difference here. I don't know that they end up winning the game um, necessarily, but I, I just think three is too, too much. So, so the last thing for me too is, I don't know, we kind of write off players sometimes and they like fall out of favor. Like Emmanuel Agba signed a like upper mid-tier extension a year, like 18 months ago. And like I know he doesn't play now and he got surpassed. But like Andrew Van Ginkle and Emmanuel Agba and Melvin Ingram as your like number three now is the best three, four, five probably in the NFL. So like they have depth and I think the spots they've been hit. Obviously losing Howard's bad, but you know, Ramsey, Kidder Coho is a good player. They have the rookie Cam Smith. I guess he'll step in like yeah, I just yeah, it's just it's just it just shouldn't be a full field goal. Maybe we're maybe we're overthinking it or underthinking it. But Judah, I'm also trusting Judah. Buffalo has they've been winning, but it hasn't really been all that impressive. The thing is, losing Xavier Howard against a team that does not have a second option, I just don't think it means that that much. That's a good point too. Um, right, right. It it just does not. I really think that um, yeah, I, I like McDaniel in this spot. Uh, as well. Like, I just think he's going to come out with a game plan. Um, and it's disrespectful. I know that a lot yeah. of times people don't know the spread of games, but I'm sure this will get mentioned. The fact that Buffalo is getting a full three in Miami is, is disrespectful a little bit. Yeah, and, and let's not forget that Miami is going to have a huge ship on their shoulder. Buffalo beat the shit out of them. Yep. Uh, pardon my French earlier this year. Um, all right. That was our show. Um, we got to get out of here. Go watch some uh, football. Appreciate everyone that joined us here. Happy New Year uh, to all of you. Stay safe. Enjoy your day. We'll be back on Wednesday evening as we roll into week 18. Um, Brad, go blue. Go Bama. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> all right, fellas. Love you all. Peace.